0: The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Luke. Now, on that same day, two of Jesus' disciples were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them what are you discussing with each other while you walk along they stood still looking sad then one of them whose name was cleopas answered him are you the only stranger in jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days he asked them what things they replied the things about jesus of nazareth who was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some women of our group astounded us. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. The Gospel of the Lord.
1: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. This is about Philip, who we call Deacon, and also Evangelist. And I would say he was the first servant of the servants of God. Luke's history of the early church gives us a window into the tension between the Greek and Jewish believers regarding equality here focused on the distribution of food. The Greeks felt that their widows had been shortchanged. To settle the business, the apostles called upon the whole company of disciples to choose seven men of good standing and fill with the Spirit. We know that the seven were brought before the apostles and had hands laid upon them and were commissioned Maybe this is an early form of ordination. Whatever their mission to the widows were, we were never told. What we were told is how they scattered on preaching missions. The first of them, Stephen, was a powerful preacher, and his zeal for proclaiming the word of God in Christ Jesus got himself killed he was stoned without a trial and we were introduced to Saul leader Paul who held coats did nothing to stop it he proved another was Philip we know about Philip from the Acts of the Apostles and he's mentioned in several of the pastoral letters so we know a lot more about him than we do about practically anybody else except Peter and some of the other more noteworthy apostles, most of whom we know absolutely nothing about, but we know about Philip. Philip went forth to preach, and he soon gave the by name, the nickname, the evangelist. The reason for appointing these seven, besides hungry widows, seems odd to me. The apostles said as a group, it is not right that we should neglect the word of God in order to wait on tables. Wait a minute. Consider what Jesus said about service, such as waiting on tables. Remember Peter's mother-in-law? That healing is in all three of the synoptic Gospels. Word for word, practically. In Mark, the word for how she began to serve them when Jesus raised her up was, diakonei, to serve, she served and it is the same again the same word, in matthew and again in luke she served she did a diaconal service basically that's what she did remember um, what jesus said in mark later on whoever wants to be a leader among you must be a slave to everyone For even the Son of Man, this is Jesus' words, mind you, as we have them. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. This is the same Jesus who put on a towel and washed everybody's feet. And that's a job that was left to the lowest, meanest servant or slave. And Jesus, at the end of his earthly, earthly life, kept reminding them that it was about loving service not rank or power. Had the apostles already moved from Jesus' commandment to the first glimmers of an institutional church? Had the burden of having to take care of so many people all of a sudden really kind of overwhelmed them? It's something to think about. There are at least a hundred citations in the New Testament for Diaconu to serve or minister? Diacono. To, to serve or minister? here Paul's words in Philippians 2 that Jesus, even in the form of God, did not call himself equal with God, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant. How did Philip serve? Perhaps his ministry started with a mission to straighten out the books regarding food distribution. But soon he's off to Samaria, preaching and converting and baptizing. He performed signs and healing and driving out evil spirits. It always seemed to me that there was something about his enthusiasm and joy that he's not only spirit-filled, but the light is always bursting, the light of Christ is always bursting from him. He's a beloved friend to everyone he meets. He's easy to love. His most famous encounter was when he obeyed the instructions of an angel to take the wilderness route between Jerusalem and Gaza, a place suddenly we know a great deal more about, unfortunately. And we just heard all about that in the first reading. Several things made this encounter important, besides saving a soul. The Ethiopian, the Ethiopian was important. He was the treasurer for Queen Candace, for the queen of Ethiopia. Ethiopia didn't have any problem with ruling queens, by the way. in Jerusalem he was not only a foreigner but he was unclean maybe even considered freak because of the damage that was done to him giving his fertility ripped from him away as was the practice in some nations but not amongst the Jews and here we see Philip but he's running along and he jumps into the jumps into the chariot Um, and he is breaking open the scriptures just as Jesus did with the travelers to Emmaus he's opening the word of God to this man whose heart is ready to hear it You know that impromptu baptism and I always sort of picture them in the chariot and the eunuch has heard all this and, and let's call the civil service. Never mind his problem there. Um, and, and, and he's excited and he's heard nobody Look, there's a puddle, <laughs> why can't we do it now? And they jump out and they go to a small lake or stream or even a big puddle. And Philip baptizes him. We believe that this impromptu baptism and Philip's guidance spread the gospel through the civil servant to the entire powerful kingdom of Ethiopia. That is one act of service, what one act of service can do. Because we don't know where it's going to lead. And God told Philip what to do, who obeyed gladly and in great joy passed the joy on to this foreign civil servant who took it back to a whole nation. You never know. But Philip didn't stand around patting himself on the back. He immediately was back on the road preaching, first to Ashdod, and then he made his way, preaching all the way to Caesarea, and he settled there. Although there's a later legend that he eventually moved to Trellis in Anatolia, where he was raised up by the people to be the bishop of that city. It wouldn't surprise me. Well, let's pick up the story back uh, when he's still in Caesarea and Paul came for a visit. And Acts tells us the next day we, and that's Luke and Paul and whoever the other traveling companions were, left and came to Caesarea and we went into the house of Philip the Evangelist. He's called now the Evangelist. One of the seven and stayed with him. unmarried daughters who have the gift of prophecy. What about those daughters? What is prophecy? And here I'm going to do something I have never done before. I'm going to quote a text from a meme. God help us. Walter Brueggemann said, the prophetic task of the church is to tell the truth in a society that lives in illusion grieve in a society that practices denial and expresses hope in society that lives in despair. I probably should repeat that, the prophetic prophetic task of the church, in other words, preaching and teaching, is to tell the truth in a society that lives in illusion, grieves in a society that practices denial and expresses hope in a society that lives in despair. We still have prophets all around us. All we have to do is see and hear them. Let me tell you a story about my great-great-grandmother. Oh, picture of a little old bush from Russia. That's not who she was. She was educated and a teacher in the gymnasium, a Jewish woman in greater Russia in the 19th century. And she was so well known for her wisdom that Jewish and Gentile judges and lawyers would consult her over a glass of tea for insight into difficult cases of ethical issues. Where did her wisdom come from? I also heard about her that when she sat in the women's gallery, because women were separated, um, in the synagogue, she would chide the women that came there to gossip, not to pray and worship God. Is God Is it not God who is the author of all prophecy? Open your hearts and minds. We can all be prophets if we're called. In many ways, Philip invented the role of deacon. We know that Jesus sent out his own two by two with bare minimum to sustain them, but here we have a new form of sending out those who are chosen. What then is a deacon and what does it mean to serve? We use these words deacon and and, and bishop. There were no priests. Well, there were priests, but they were the traditional Jewish servants in the temple. But we didn't have priests. We had those that were sent out and those that led the community, which eventually got called bishops. Some of them may have been the women who owned the houses, by the way. We use the word deacon and priest, but according to the late Massy, the late great Reverend Dr. Massey Shepherd, what a good man, bishops were referred to merely as elders and even a council of elders. We know of the seven deacons and Phoebe, who generally gets left out, whom Paul sent to Jerusalem to deliver funds and represent him and the churches in his orbit, orbit, a deacon's role to say the least. Yet we are all called to serve, perhaps like Peter's mother-in-law, or like Martha of Bethany who was chided, not for her diaconal role of giving hospitality and serving a guest, but forgetting how perfect her service was. You know, yes, her sister was into some theology and she was the dreamer, but Martha's service and, and her diaconal, said that the word is used in the, in the Testament, was what was important to Jesus when he said, you're forgetting the one thing. Today we see the diaconate as a rank in holy orders. Some deacons are called to be raised to the sacred order of priests. Some are called to remain as helpers in parish life. Many hear a particular vocation to serve the hungry, refugees, prisoners, the needy at the margins of society. But Jesus calls us all to service as baptized Christians. And he has given us his word in scripture and food in the sacrament to keep us serving you know at the end when the dismissal comes go forth and serve the lord that's what it means go forth and serve the lord you have been fed with word and sacrament you've been given the ability now god says go use it perhaps some are healers and preachers and teachers or prophets or mothers and fathers caring for the next generation of the faithful whatever our talents are we are called to use them and we're called to use them yoked to our lord in humility and obedience and serving to bring the kingdom a little closer in this world. It can be hard work, but it is our work. Philip is an example of one who lived a full life filled with the fire of God's love, and a family man, and eventually an elder, which we call a bishop. He died in bed surrounded by his daughters, family, and friends, And yet, in his life, he had known adventure, drama, and the zeal to follow the spirit wherever it led. It was a good life. We presume it was a good death. Philip preached to us too. Amen.
0: at oursaviormillvalley.org we wish you god's peace and we hope to greet you in person very soon